It's okay. I know life is like a serious roller coaster. All the changes we face, it's just like that sudden drop from the top of the hill and you're bracing for whiplash at every turn. I'm your host, Deva, a wife, hairstylist, turned entrepreneur, and faith-filled speaker. My co-host and partner in crime is Brooke. She's a missionary in Haiti, wife and mother to warriors for the kingdom, and a faith-filled speaker too. We intend to help you navigate life's twists and turns with God's guidance. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged by two lifelong friends. To laugh and cry and feel more prepared for the next stages of life, worshiping Jesus every step of the way, no matter how broken you might be. This is Meraki and Alabaster. Hey guys, welcome back to the Meraki and Alabaster podcast. We are your hosts, Deva and Brooke. And today we're going to be talking about stewardship of your finances. And I'm going to let Brooke take the reins on this episode and just kind of casually respond. And she is super passionate about it. So I'm really excited to hear her um, expertise and her convictions and passions on this topic. So here we go. All right, guys, welcome back. We are so excited to have you here with us and to discuss this super hard, super controversial, super stretching subject and how we can just dive into it and think about us as women. What what can we do to help lead our household into a better direction with the help of our husband? And if you're not married, then just how can you dive into this with a good perspective not like oh man i have to do this or it doesn't always have to be that i want to discuss this and hopefully change your perspective of how this can help your future help your family help your marriage um and just our role in it as women of god and what has worked for my family and what has worked for my marriage um just know that this subject has been hard on my marriage and we've had many arguments <laughs> in discussion or every month because here in Haiti, um, we get paid per month. I don't know why. It's just a thing here. So every month me and Watson, we sit down and we talk about finances and almost every time we have an argument that typically I'm I am leading. So we're working on that. This past month, we did not have an argument and it was a huge victory. And he even said, yeah, he even said that this was the first time he felt like we were working as a team and that we were just, I was truly his helpmate. And a lot of times our arguments stem from me going out of my position and I want to lead. And I believe what I am saying is best for our family. And ladies, I hate to break it to you. That's not what the Lord called us to. He called us to help, not lead. Okay. Great. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm super passionate about finances, super passionate about tithing. So I hope that um, what we've been through and walked through can help you guys and just feel like you're not alone because I don't want to act like we have it all together because we don't. Um, but I want to give some tips and just see if, if I can give you some insight to change your situation. 
So before I get into this, I want to say I've never listened to Dave Ramsey, never even listened to many financial um, videos. And a lot of this, I trust my husband to lead our family. I am in charge of like bookkeeping from our family, for our family. But what I have chose to do is I allow my husband to give me that position. And he and like came to me and he's not great with bookkeeping, but we've both agreed that um, I don't, I don't want to lead our family in finances. I don't want to be making the decisions. I believe as men of God, that's their position. That's me personally. That's how I feel. And um, so it's worked well for our, our house and the Lord has also taught me a lot about submission and what that looks like and allowing Watson to make mistakes financially and how that grows him as a leader of our household. And then as a helpmate, what it looks like on my part to be like, okay, baby, like I understand mistakes happen and we've had those moments. So what works best for our family is the envelope system. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of the envelope system or if anyone here lives by the envelope system, but I'm telling you, it has impacted our, our family a lot. And so basically, again, because we live in Haiti, so I'm not sure if this can work for everybody. Um, we get paid by a, a check and then we take it to the bank and we cash it all. We don't have a, a bank account here. We have one for Watson's business, but we don't have a bank account here in Haiti. We have one in the United States, but every dollar that we make gets cashed. So we cash our entire paycheck. And I'm really thankful for that because here in Haiti, they don't have credit cards and not that I've seen. And I enjoy that because I do believe if you see the money going out, then you're more aware of what is going out and how it's affecting you when you're physically handing something over. So I'm thankful that I have to use cash here. And so when Watson goes and cash the check, he brings it home in an envelope. And then that night we sit down and we break it into different envelopes. And the first envelope that we put money into always, always, ladies, listen to my words, always is our tithe. Okay. So I just want to walk through that and what that looks like for us and how that has impacted our family and even biblically what this looks like. Because a lot of people want to argue, oh, it's Old Testament. It's not New Testament. Nope. It is mentioned in the New Testament by Jesus in red letters. And, um, but it is definitely talked about more in the Old Testament. But I just want to hit on this for a moment and just talk about the importance of tithing. In the Old Testament, it's mentioned many, many times that people were to bring the first of their fruit not just fruit, but their fruit, their grains, the animals. It wasn't just, oh, whatever I can spare. It says to bring the first 10% of those things. So back in the day, it was produce, grain, animals, um, et cetera. 
but it was meant to be the first, not the leftovers, not the left leftover 10%, but the very, very first. And the way Watson and I interpreted that is before we spend a dollar of our paycheck, we are to pull out the very, very first and not even think about it. Just stick an envelope, put it in there and not think about it again. Again, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm perfect in the subject because I'm going to tell a quick story of what the Lord had to bring me through in order to get to this place today. Okay. So before I moved to Haiti, I Can had I, about, yeah, go ahead. Okay. If it's the story I'm thinking about, is it the one where you told me in your room before you went back? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I just need everybody to understand that this story changed my life. Um, if you can't tell, I'm fighting off a cold, so I probably sound awful, but, um, this story really did change my life. And, uh, <clears throat> my husband and I started tithing and when we did after hearing Brooke's story, it was one thing that was like a big struggle. And I actually, Brooke started telling me the story and I was like, hold on, hold on. Can you stop and start over so I can record you so I can show it to Austin? And, um, I did. And, and he, it was just a struggle, something that him and I were struggling with and he didn't want to, and I wanted to, but I wanted him to lead. And so I didn't want to just like take 10% of our paycheck without his approval, um, to, to give to the Lord. And so it was, I knew it was something that we needed to both agree on before we did. And, um, Brooke shared the story that she's about to share now. And I shared it with Austin and he, um, changed his mind about it. And we did start tithing and it just, um, blessings on blessings on blessings just poured out. Um, when I tell you our lives have actually been changed and I believe because of our faithfulness and tithing, um, it has been changed. And I tell you the moment that we forget or we stop tithing, things get hard. It's like all of a sudden, um, our bank account is really low or, um, just, it's just crazy because in one season, when we're faithful in our tithe, God is pouring out blessings. And then in another season, it seems like we're struggling and we can't grasp, like we're, we're grasping pennies. Um, so, I just, I just wanted to throw that in there really quick and I'm excited to hear the story again because it just lights my soul on fire. Okay, go ahead, Brooke. Okay. So yeah, I did tell Deva this, um, and it was, it was an extremely hard lesson to walk through. I cannot stress this enough. So just take my words and tithe versus being put through a situation like this. Okay. So <laughs> before I moved to Haiti, literally probably a month or two before I moved to Haiti, I went to my dad and I was like, dad, I don't know what's wrong, but my bank account will not go up. Okay. So I'm working as a waitress and waitresses actually make good money. I mean, I did. And I was working really hard because I knew I was about to move to Haiti and I wanted to save up as much as I could. So I went to my dad and I said, dad, I cannot get my, my savings past this specific amount of money. No matter what I do, no matter what I try, it will not go up. It just stays at this amount. And it was $2,000. And I was working really hard to save to move to Haiti. 
because I also knew by moving to Haiti, I was stepping into a volunteer position and I was not going to be making any money. I knew that my, my housing would be taken care of and my food, but not my flights, not whatever I come to the United States, like the expenses that come along with that or any extra things that I want. Nothing would be paid for outside of that. And I was like, dad, I really, I need, I need my, my savings to get up. And he said, all right, like, let's, let's dissect this. Let's go over your finances and just where you're at. And he said, have you been tithing? <laughs> and I said, no, dad, are you not hearing me? I can't get my bank account past this certain amount. I cannot. And he got this look on his face. And he was like, you haven't been tithing. I was like, no, I have not known I'm in a better place. <laughs> and he said, Brooke, you've stolen from the Lord. And I was like, no, dad. Like, and I just kept trying to justify it. I was like, no, he understands. I'm in a bad place. He understands. He's like, Brooke, I'm telling you, you stole the Lord's money. And he said, I strongly encourage you to go up to your room, figure out what you stop, like when you stop tithing, how much money you've made since then and give it back to the Lord. Now, I hadn't been tithing for about a year <laughs> and yeah, at least a year, if not more. And so I was like, dad, can I just start now? Why do I have to go back and figure out when I stop tithing? He said, Brooke, I would strongly encourage you to go back and figure out how much money you made and tithe it. So I was angry. I was really angry. I went up to my room. I figured up everything, my tips, um, babysitting, this and that. There was a part of the year that I, I wasn't working. So this wasn't like a whole year. But I found out that I, I made about $15,000 in that time where I stopped tithing. And um, I knew I needed to tithe $1,500, which I just told you guys, I stopped, or my bank account would stop around $2,000. I could not get over it. So I was angry. I was like, I knew that I needed to tithe $1,500. I knew I only had about $2,000 in my bank account. I knew I was about to move to Haiti and I wasn't going to be making money for God only knows how long. I knew all of this and this was my understanding. So why would I move to a third world country and only have $500 in my bank account? That's ridiculous. And I was angry at God. I was really angry. I pulled out $1,500 and I wouldn't give it until I gave with a joyous heart because <laughs> I wasn't just sad. I was angry. And, you know, <laughs> so eventually I gave it and it took my bank account down to around $500. And before I left, someone gave me $500. So it took my bank account to $1,000. I lived in Haiti for about a year and five about a year and five months without making any money, not a dollar. Even whenever I come back to the States, I would just be extremely blessed. People would take care of things and the Lord would just move and call them to pay for things or pay for my flights. And um, 
for one year and five months, the Lord never let my bank account get under a thousand dollars of making no money, none at all. And I remember at the end of that journey, at the end of the year and five months, someone donated $1,200 to me. And I, I don't even remember who it was, to be honest. I don't. But I remember someone donated $1,200 to me. And it was about the amount that I would have made in a year in Haiti or a year and five months in Haiti, almost to the exact amount. And also it's almost to the amount that I tithed. And so someone just gave me $1,200 and I found out whenever I was about to get married, um, my boss came to me and he said, you know, you're about to get married. So we'll start paying you. And it wasn't much is um, $210 a month <laughs> um, or 250, $250 a month. But I knew immediately whenever I would start getting this money, I 100% would be tithing with a joyful heart. I would be going to that, that little bucket up there in the front of the church. And I would be like, thank you, God. Cause I had to live a year and five months without any pay at all, no pay. And I wonder if the Lord was teaching me a lesson of dependency on him, trusting him for my finances, trusting him and also giving my tithe with a thankful heart. So yeah, whenever I started getting paid, I was thrilled. And that's right around the time Watson and I uh, were about to get married. So right off the bat, tithing was never an option. I had to talk to Watson about the importance of tithing because he had the same mindset that um, he was going to tithe when he was in a better place. <laughs> and I was scared. I was like, okay, I'm about to enter into covenant with this man. I don't want to go through this journey again, God. Like, please, please prick his heart. I don't want to do it again, God. But I'm also not the lead of my household. So please touch him. And God did. God did. And I remember telling Watson, I said, Watson, please just tithe and see how the Lord will work, how he will move. And when we went to buy our first land, we were not tithing. We were not married yet. We were going to buy our a piece of land. And um, we couldn't even get $2,000 together. Like we were like desperate to get $2,000. And now the Lord has been blessing us abundantly. Like sometimes when we do our little envelope system and we're making money, I'm like, Lord, are you having angels put money in our safe? Because that's like how convinced I am that the Lord is moving in our finances. There is no reason we should be where we're at. None, not at all, not even close to where we're at. And the Lord, I believe it's because we tithe. So I did just want to share this really fast because biblically, it's a really cool story. In Malachi chapter three, six through 12, um, he started off in verse six saying, I am the Lord, I do not change. And then he goes to talk to them about you've gone away from my principles and that's tithing. They went away from giving the first 10% to the Lord. And he said, will a man rob God? You have robbed me. You have stolen from me. You say, how have we stolen or robbed you in tithes and offering? 
he cursed them and told them to bring all the tithes and offerings back to him. Test him. He will bless. And then he goes in to talk about um, how he set aside that tithe and offering for the house of the Lord. And he kept saying in that scripture that they had stolen. And whenever they, he set aside that tithe for the house of the Lord. And when they did not give back the house of the Lord, it was affected. The people of God were affected because of disobedience, because they had stolen. He says stolen, check me. He talks about how you stole from me. And this is, I believe, and if you can find it anywhere else, please let us know. It's the only place in the Bible where it says, test me. So I'm encouraging you guys, test God, start tithing. I want you to test him because I promise I would put everything on the line my house, my truck, my finances, I would put everything on the line to say the Lord will bless you if you start tithing. I am so beyond confident in this because he says in Malachi, test me. So when we, sorry, I went on a big rant. I, you can ask Deva. I feel very strongly about tithing because I want people to know, first of all, you're stealing from the Lord if you're not doing it. Second of all, it should be a joy because he will bless you and he will also bless others through it. So I'm just encouraging you, test him, test him on this, see what happens. And it should be the first. If you're not doing the envelope system, I encourage you guys before you take a dollar out, a dollar out for McDonald's, put your paycheck in your bank account and then give either, um, through your church's website or pull out that money cash wise, pull it out right away. And I promise the Lord will bless because when we're tithing, we're giving thanks to God through that 10%. And if we're not giving it to God, if we're giving the first 10% to um, your visa card or um, McDonald's or whatever it may be, you're giving that the credit for God. And so, yeah, Watson and I, we pull out um, the first 10% for the first envelope, which is tithing. So that's going to kind of be my end of tithing. Deva, do you have anything you want to add on tithing? You don't? Okay. All right. So next, after tithing, we kind of open up all of our other envelopes. Um, let me think. We have a Brooke and Watson envelope, which is just for the month. Um, okay. It's 20 we just give ourselves $25 to spend on whatever we might need, whether it be like toothpaste or shampoo or, you know, I really want to go out to eat tonight. We'll pull out of that money. Um, just anything miscellaneous that we would like to splurge on or that we really need or we might want for the house. Like I really uh, need ice trays for our house. <laughs> so I'm planning on taking that money out from Brooke and Watson's envelope. And then after that, we have car maintenance and uh, gas and propane, because here we have to buy our own propane. So we pull out money for that. And Miles has an envelope. We put money out there for Miles every month. That's our, our baby. 
I don't know if I've ever said that here. His name's Miles. I have. Okay, so let's see. Um, what are some other ones? I can't think. Oh, food. food. Obviously, <laughs> food. Duh. We have to survive. So we pull out like food budget every month. And um, here in Haiti, we don't pay monthly rent. rent. We pay yearly rent. So that's pretty nice. I mean, it's it's tough at the at the um, beginning of the year where we have to pay, but it's fun the rest of the time because you don't have to worry about rent. Currently, we're renting because we're building a house. Um, yeah, and I think that's we we pay a motorcycle driver. He's like our taxi. He does errands for us. <laughs> and um, yeah, so what's really cool about the system? Food. I put um, $200 into an envelope every month. So 200 is for groceries. And it's also for like every Monday, sometimes we have to get food on our way home because we stay in the orphanage late. Uh, so it's easier just to pick up food. But if I open my envelope and that's not there, I cannot be like, for me, I will not allow myself to pull out of an em another envelope. That envelope is specifically for food. And I have to decipher through, like, between wants and needs. Going out every Monday night and, and buying, we call it barbecue. And it's just like Haitian food. You get off the street. Buying that, that is a want, Okay. So if I don't have food, like money in my envelope, then I can go home and I can make rice. I can make mac and cheese. I can make something we already have at home. Um, but I want to eat Haitian barbecue every, every Monday. I love it. It's so good. So that's kind of like a little luxury that we, we put aside for every Monday. But if I open that envelope, it's not there. I'm not getting barbecue that night. I better be going home. I better be figuring it out. Even if it's eating cereal, um, cornflakes are a big thing here. <laughs> so even if I have to do that. So just deciphering, like not deciphering, like just thinking, sitting down with your spouse or yourself, if you're not married or your family or your friends and saying, what are needs versus what are wants? What do I have to have, right? So if we open our envelope and there's no money there for gas, then I'm not going to say, well, we spent it all, but we're going to have to figure out next month, how are we going to budget better? How are we going to pull out more money for gas? And what are we going to sacrifice? So fortunately for us, we don't have a lot of distractions here. There is no mini golf. There is no bowling. There is no movies. There is no McDonald's. There is no stores. Like there's in Port-au-Prince, the capital, there, there are stores. Um, but here, it's not like you can just, oh, I really want to buy this shirt. I mean, you literally have to intentionally go out to the market and buy off of the street. And it's really expensive to get nice clothes here. So I... I would say I'm extremely blessed in this area. So I know it comes with a lot of like, um, you have to be strict on yourself. And 
just stick to the envelope system. And at times it's been really hard because there's times that I do, I want things. I know that my family's coming in soon and I want what's something that I want. Oh, my pair, my pair of heels that I have here, they're starting to break. I want that. I want heels. So I just have to like figure out where can we, um, where can I pull out from and it's not affecting our family. Another big envelope is, this is really cool. And I want to encourage you guys to do this. We don't have retirement here. Like there is no, there, what's it called? Social security, Deva? It's called social security where you pull out or the, the government pulls out for you. That, there's, that does not exist here. You literally either work until you die or your kids take care of you. But if they're not going to take care of you, you work until you die. And being a missionary, I'm like, Lord, you have called me to this life. And I am trusting that you're going to take care of me when I'm old because I'm not investing into Social Security or anything like that. I believe you're going to make a way. But what can I do now to be responsible as well? Can I be intentional now? So Watson and I, every month, we pull out $50 a month. In a year, we'll have $600, okay? And in 30 years, we'll have 18,000 extra dollars to do with whatever we want, hopefully towards like a retirement. And that's just because right now we're making very little. If I told you guys how much we made a month, some people might laugh. <laughs> but um, the Lord has made a way so right now we, we pull out 50 extra dollars a month. And in 30 years from now, we'll have $18,000. We do not touch that money. We will not touch that money. And um, that's something that we have just agreed on. And then hopefully in the future, maybe when we're making more money or who knows where we're at, we want to pull out $500 a month. And that's going to go such a long way for our family. And that's something that we just feel very extremely passionate about, like planning for the future, being responsible with what we've been given now, and how can it impact our future? How can it impact our kids? Um, so that's something that we, we try to do, and we just, it's worked for us. The envelope system has really worked for us. Like I said, there are some months that we're like, oh, we don't have money for gas, and it's all a learning system. Like we, we were pulling out every month for propane because we thought every month we didn't have to buy propane. Guys, our propane tank, it's little. I mean, it's not like in the States, like a big propane tank. It's like four feet tall, maybe. And it's like, you could wrap your arms around it. It lasted for seven months. And when we, yeah, it lasted, Deva's face, just her mouth just dropped. Seven months. Okay, when we tell Haitians that, they're like, how the heck did that happen? I believe God. Watson, I literally joke that the Lord touched our propane tank, that we didn't have to. I'm serious. I know it's funny, but how does that make sense? Yeah. I cook breakfast and dinner on it almost every day. How? And one night, Watson left it on by mistake overnight. Thank God we didn't die. He left on the stove, like the, without like the flame. He just left the, the gas on. Oh my gosh. All night. And we yeah. still had propane for seven months. It wow. doesn't make sense. So anyway, I do believe the Lord 
blesses through one tithing. First and foremost, tithing, tithing, ladies, tithing. Okay. <laughs> I will never stop talking about tithing because do it and see what happens. Um, second, being responsible with your finances. I believe as women, I believe as human beings, the Lord has wants us to be good stewards of our finances. And whatever that looks like for your family, maybe you've tried the envelope system, or maybe I'm talking about it. And you're like, Brooke, that sounds ridiculous. And I'm not going to do that. Okay, no problem. Try something else. Try budgeting. Try. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Hey, um, this like is so similar to the Dave Ramsey program. And I know a lot of you are going to be like cheering me on when I say this. And a lot of you are going to be like, oh my gosh, she drank the Kool-Aid, but <laughs> Um, my husband and I did the Dave Ramsey program. Oh, shoot. Last September, I think it might've been October, September, October, something like that. Anyways, we got married in April of 2020. We got married with over $80,000 in debt, um, was just paying our minimum payments up until we took the Dave Ramsey program last October. And I don't remember how much we started the, what, when we started the Dave Ramsey program, how much we started, how much debt we started with. But I will say getting married in 2020 with over, with $80,000 in debt, we now are down to less than 40 and we're about to pay off like a huge chunk. And, um, I just, <laughs> I know that a lot of people don't like how harsh this is an ad also, by the way, guys, for the Dave Ramsey program. No. <laughs> I've never watched him. I promise. I promise. I give you my word. But I will say um, that it's a lot because Brooke being in Haiti and, um, you know, they don't have the the stores and Starbucks and all of the the things that are so easy for us to just go and buy every single day that are just, um, I mean, if I'm just going to say it. I feel like the, they're literally out to get us with it when it comes to discipline, like they're out to destroy our discipline. And so, um, the Dave Ramsey program is awesome because it talks about how you can set up your finances in a way to still have a budget for the things that you want and the things that you love. But first and foremost, paying off debt is a priority. And, um, I know you didn't mention this, Brooke. I don't know if you're going to, but in um, God literally talks about in the Bible so many times that um, a man's debt is is sin. Um, Jesus came to pay our debt and our debt of sin, right? And so there's other circumstances, other stories in the Bible where um, God is speaking to a man that has um, all of this debt and um, it's 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 wrong in our culture has made us believe that it's normal. Our culture has made us believe that it is good to go and get a $400,000 loan for your um, four years of undergrad and two years of, um, you know, like, it's so crazy. We are so, our generation, our, our country, as it, if you live in the United States, um, we are outrageously in debt and it's just not okay. And so um, if you do choose to, go join. Um, I would just like go to your local church and ask them if they know somebody that hosts the Dave Ramsey program. Most churches are, um, plugged into the program, but 
it is, it is really good. It teaches biblical principles on how to um, work your finances. They are very adamant about taking your tithe off the top or giving off the top. And then they also talk about um, retirement and preparing for the future, which I think was the third point you were going to make, Brooke, about um, being responsible and um, preparing for the future, setting yourself up for success. And um, I know, how much did you say you guys will have in 30 years? Yeah. So in 30 years, we'll have $18,000 without really doing anything. $15 a month, genuinely. Come on, guys. That's not a big sacrifice. It's not. And that's coming from someone who literally does not make a lot. <laughs> right. And I will say too, if you invest, um, at least in the States, if you invest that $50 a month into an IRA or a Roth IRA, that will multiply and exponentially increase. Um, they say it, living in the United States, each person, one single person needs to retire with $1 million in order to live a comfortable life. Wow. I don't know about you guys, but like, there's no way I'm going to be able to pull out and say, just simply save $1 million over the next 50 years, unless um, for some reason, the salon becomes like super successful, <laughs> like <laughs> we franchise. Maybe. No. Um, so investing is really important and we're not there yet. Um, we have some other things on our list before we get to, um, like those kinds of investments. But um, if you're married, that means you need $2 million. So if you are living your life on a credit card and just like racking your debt up, not giving to the Lord, um, I, I, I'm just here to let you know from personal experience, it's not a comfortable place to be. And you can pretend as you want that you're fine and that everything's going to be okay, but it's not unless you do something about it. So, and I will say this too, Deva, this is something that the Lord really, really pricked my heart about whenever I was about to move to Haiti. I was in college debt before I moved to Haiti. Um, for the most part, I went to, um, what's it called? Branch campus, the branch campus. Yeah. Um, of Miami University. So I just went to a, a little campus of that and paid very little per year, but I paid it off by waitressing. Um, but the last semester I moved to Haiti and then I couldn't pay it off. So I was just in a really bad place. And then I had a car payment and a car before I moved to Haiti. And I knew I had to pay off college and my car because moving to Haiti with that debt, guys, I think is extremely like against what the Lord had for us because if you're in debt and you have that over your head you cannot go where the Lord calls you to go it bounds you I could not move to Haiti until my car was I sold it completely sold it and then I actually took um I went to my parents I knew they were going to pay for my wedding you know and I knew I was going to have a specific amount and I said hey can I take from my wedding fund and put it towards my college? And I hated that because it affected my marriage. It affected my family, my lack of like being responsible with my finances, stewarding my finances well, affected my husband, affected my child. And that's unfortunate, but God's grace. Um, so I remember just going before the Lord, like I knew I couldn't serve him well or be be a good servant or 
anywhere go where he called me to go if I wasn't if I was bound in debt if I was bound to this and constantly think about um, my debt and what was over my head and on my shoulders I do believe the Lord can take debt from you I, I do believe that but you also have to be willing to make a change and the Bible also says what we do with little like he will test us and give us little to see if we can handle the big things as well and I believe that for finances. I think right now, Watson and I do, we make very little, but we look for those opportunities to help others and give in any way that we can and do it with a joy, joyful heart. Because I do believe the Lord's going to bless us financially. Like if we give $10 to someone, I believe next time he'll give us $20 to give someone, $50, 100 1000 10000 Like I declare this, that one day, We'll be able to give someone $10,000 and what a joy that will be. Yeah, I, I received that. So that's why I feel really passionate about stewarding finances because the moment we get freed from our bondage, freed from this debt or not being able to understand what to do with our finances, that's the moment God can move. And he's going to move like never before. And we can touch so many people's lives because we have been freed from this area and I know it's hard so just take little steps it doesn't have to be you know what's I've been walking in this for over a year now but a year and a month and we've had really hard moments like really really tough moments and Watson made some some bad financial mistakes as a husband and I I just say okay love I I forgive you and I trust you to lead our family. But I don't trust Watson. I trust Watson to be led by the father. And so I just, <laughs> I know that the Lord is going to lead him. And then, you know, he's going to have to go to the Lord when he messes up. And I, as a helpmate, I'm going to have to say, I forgive you. And let's try again. So, yeah, that's what I have on finances and stewardship and I really hope that I touched your guys' life and your perspective and, you know, comment below if we can help you guys or give other perspectives or topics that you'd like to talk about. If you guys would like to talk more about tithing or how it's talked about the, the New Testament, because that's what catches people up. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry if, you know, you're like, well, it's not really talked about in the New Testament. I'm going to let you know right now, that's a spirit, the spirit that's like uncomfortable or wants to fight back that's like okay why do we feel so strongly against tithing because it's pushing us it's making us uncomfortable and satan also knows that god's gonna move through us so deva do you have anything else you want to say no, really good i was taking notes that was really good Brooke. thanks deva so thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening and walking through this crazy life journey with us. We are so excited that you have taken this time. And I hope that this topic touched your life and made an impact in some way. Um, tune in next week because we have a very special guest. Her name is Rachel. And she's just going to be walking through what looks like the balance, all the all the responsibilities that we have been given and she has in her life work family and in the many many roles that the lord has entrusted us with so tune in next week i am brooke saint jacques deva geiger 
Whoop, you can whoop. follow us. Follow us on Instagram at I am Brooks and Jacques. And Deva's Journey. Deva's Journey and Meraki and Alabaster. We will see you on the next one.